Good morning, all you grinders out there. Welcome to Guys in a Garage. I am here with Jamison Johnson and JJ Rocco, returning fellas. What's hey, up? The usuals. <laughs> the usual suspects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be back. All right. I Thanks, guess, uh, Jamison, I'll let you take it away. Oh, yeah. You're the man with the plan over here. Well, we just had that topic that we were talking about during coffee today, and it, I first got introduced to Phil Stutz when... Uh, I saw that Netflix documentary, right, with Jonah Hill. Yeah, I wouldn't, I've never seen it yet. Yeah, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, it it's just was, called Stutz. Yeah, it's called Stutz. Yeah, yeah, it's his name. Last yeah, name. yeah. So it was just a um, really interesting take on what we'd referred to in men's work as the shadow, uh, calling it part X, which really is uh, like a counter to our life force, keeping us where we're at in life and, and, uh, telling us that we're not good enough and that, uh, we don't want to, or we can't achieve our, our goals and dreams. So anyway, we just were, um, talking about that a little bit. I'm reading the new book coming alive and, uh, just talks about how, uh, you can use these tools, which I think you read the first book, right? Yeah, JJ? It's called the tools. Yeah. And, uh, to help counteract that. And one of the first steps really is to talk about labeling part X when it's uh, impacting you, whether it's uh, an argument you had with your spouse or uh, something didn't go right at work and you kind of take that personally and it, and it uh, kind of holds you back and, and makes you feel depressed or makes you feel like uh, uh, you can't accomplish what you're, what you're going after. And the goal being by labeling it is a way of overcoming it and continuing to, to move on in a, in a more positive, more life force type way. Yeah. Well, I think what you're talking about is, um, basically recognizing the things in life that you have no control over. Yeah. 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 learning to say, okay, why am I getting so upset and pissed off right now? Like there's nothing I can do about this other than to just write it out and solve the puzzle, right? What can I do that is within my control that can in any way affect that maybe, or maybe not. And if there's nothing, well then there's nothing and you just roll with it and you're like, okay, well, fuck it. Yep. If there is something you can do, cool. Put forth an effort and try to change you in order to make that thing either go away or at least not impact you as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they talk about as well, it just bringing you more into the present uh, right. as, as recognizing when it's, when it's occurring, because one of the things they talk about in the book is how uh, traditional psychology and therapy is around identifying incidents in the past that, you know, yes. either your, your, you know, your parents were really on you about certain things and, and it really affected your self-esteem and, and things like that. And trying to get some sort of relief and recovery by identifying that. But what they found was that people tend to, it, it doesn't, it's not a permanent type of relief. And so this was another way of bringing people into the present to be able to identify those things that are happening now right? and be able to, to make a decision about, okay, that's, that's a way for me to, and, and actually that I, I can't, I can't remember the name of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the Greek God or the analogy or whatever that oh, was Sisyphus. 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 Yeah. The, the whole thing about how 
pushing the boulder up the hill just to have it come back down again is just a way of, of building up and training your life force in a more positive way and um, counteracting and it just becomes easier and easier right. to counteract part X as you continue to, to do, to do the labeling and identifying. Yeah. Well, and you know, the more that you push that boulder and you ignore, you know, the outside influences that might make you slip and things like that, then you, you get stronger and stronger as you push that boulder. Yeah. And so it does become easier. Mm-hmm. It's like that guy I was telling you guys about when I asked him how things were going and he's like, Oh, it's like pushing a boulder uphill. And yeah. I don't know what made me think of it, but I was just like, you know, once you get the boulder to the top, you get to step out of the way and watch it roll back down without you. <laughs> and he was just like, huh? Yeah. And then I just walked away. <laughs> well, I think there was an existential philosopher. I want to say Camus, but I'm not entirely sure who made this argument that Sisyphus was actually happy, right? That, that the layman looked at it as that's a horrible way to, spend eternity like doing a futile activity they just have to keep doing over and over yeah but i think it was camus that argued like you know this is actually something that pleased him and it wasn't really the definition of hell but what i think you're saying is like that for part x is when the light is on you the shadows behind you and you Mm -hmm. can't see it yeah right so you're going into the future kind of like blinded by the light and you don't know what your shadow is so part of the objective is to bring it out from behind you and put it you know in front of you and so that once you see it, then you can, you know, more properly deal with it and like let it impact in a positive way, you being present in the moment. Right. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest things about being happy as a man is having challenge. Oh yeah. I think, I think the three of us definitely know that and agree on that. If you are not constantly being challenged and you don't have chaos sometimes and shit going wrong and you're just sitting in comfort all the time and nothing's ever going wrong. You're not really happy every once in a while. It's good to have a nice dose of that. But if you just stay there, it's so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm grateful for grateful. For and you're not, and you're not working on yourself. You don't have anything to challenge you. You don't have anything to work towards and overcome. Absolutely. That's why I'm grateful for these friendships. Cause it's like, you guys challenge me, you know, at the same time you're um, willing to let me, kind of challenge you in a, yeah. in a way and then we can kind of just do debriefing and recon and yep. see where we go from here but uh yeah part x is something because shadow work is something i just learned about relatively recently so my shadow has yeah, been here. lurking behind me for most of my life mm-hmm. so for me to even like get it out in front is going to be kind of in piecemeal right it's not i'm not going to see the whole shadow in front of me at once i don't think I'm and it not. can it can take on uh so many different forms as well too in, in men's work that i was in before uh you know definitely talking about keeping your shadow in front of you uh but it could be your shadow could be your your little little boy self you know uh getting triggered by an event that it reminds you of a time than when you were little and you identify that through a uh, process. And, and from there you have a, a protocol and a process that you'd use to work to just kind of let, you know, put your arm around your, your little boy and be like, you know, I got this. Yeah. And, and just to, to reassure him because an, another thing uh, about shadow is that it's, it's a lot of times there to protect you. You've been hurt before. It's just a program you've been running that, okay, I'm facing the same challenge again. Uh, I need to protect myself. So you, 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 you say things or, uh, you, you know, you take action 
that it isn't necessarily in your best interest, but it's what you know and what's going to protect you. And, and so you do that. And, and, and if you're trying to, to build your life force, it's you know, just identifying it and taking ownership and reassuring, you know, your little self or whatever it is that, that you got this moving forward. Um, it sounds like the shadow wants you in your comfort zone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, think about it. Your shadow is that thing that's always there behind you and it's constantly trying to pull you to where you're just settled, I guess. So, you know, Andy Frisella talks about the bitch voice, the voice yeah. inside your head is how oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- compare and contrast the shadow with the bitch voice. Well, I, that's the, that's the thing I see. I've read so many, so many books, you know, we talked about the slight edge and, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, Andy talks about the bitch voice and it's like the, yeah, the shadow, the part X, the telling you, I can't do this. The telling me it's, it's better to, to, uh, stay inside. The weather's crappy. I'm not going to go do my workout or whatever it is. Um, having that comfort, not, not, uh, exposing yourself to pain. And whereas with the opposite, we talk about life force, the slight edge, like I'm just going to keep, I'm going to make that choice that's going to maybe not be easy, but it's going to put me on a path to where I'm going to live to my full potential. Right. Well, the slight edge is actually, I think if I recall it correctly, um, talking about how both choices in the moment are equally as easy but just one of them has the foresight of the future in yeah. mind, right? So it's just as easy, you know, for us to have a cup of cottage cheese as it is to have this bagel or donut at the same time. And, you know, if we eat the donut, it's not going to kill us on the spot. Right. Usually. It's not going to have that immediate <laughs> impact. Un- unless it's made by Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> and and have, trying to get this episode pulled too. Come uh, on. And, and the cottage cheese isn't going to necessarily make us lose like, you know, 10 pounds like we want to. But so each decision in the moment is probably equal, yep. equal difficulty. Yep. But the one that is ultimately healthier and we all kind of intuitively know better for us in the long run is what will give you that slight edge over time. Yep. Right. And so I think that's, and that come, that actually is very empowering, right? Because if you really were to sit down before you went to bed and try to write out or remember all the little tiny decisions you made mm-hmm. in any given day and how maybe one or two or more than that, like we're in the wrong direction from getting you to this future self you want to be, then you can like maybe be okay. Next time I'm presented with these choices, you know, I might go in the other direction. Well, what an invitation as well, too, to just slow down, uh, being as, as fast paced as we are and as it puts us in a position to where we're very reactive, right. And, and something hits us and triggers us without like taking a breath and, and, you know, thinking for a second, just giving yourself a few seconds to really think about it. Learning how to take a breath and to be non-reactive and be more proactive and, and learning how to deal with shit like that. That's going to come up because it always does. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And how much does that feel empowering? Right. And once again, in a world where so much is out of our control, right. To actually empower ourselves with taking the action instead of always just playing defense with reaction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only with yourself, but with your relationships, 
whether it's friends or a significant other or anything else, like the more you can put that away and just say, yeah, okay, I'm fine. This is fine. What's going on right now? How yeah. do I deal with this instead of, ah, yeah. Well, you got ego in there and, and you know, you want to defend yourself yeah. you know, right away. Or if it doesn't sound like you've got a, a quick comeback that, you know, you're not as with it or whatever is, as you need to be right. to, 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 to prove your point or, or whatever. Yeah. It's all yeah, about but, that, like but that's winning. the thing is it, it depends like first in order to be offended or to be defensive about something you have to in some level believe that whatever it is that's happening to you or something that someone is saying is truth. So when you learn how to be non-reactive and don't give a shit about what people have to say about you, then it becomes so much easier yeah. to say like, no, that's not true. Wasn't that one of Wayne, Wayne Dyer's things? Like the first question is like, is it true? Yeah. Like when yeah. you hear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're reminding me also of the saying that they used to have in AA is like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I would rather be happy. Yeah. Right. And so many people just want to be right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, have a rebuttal for everything. Mm -hmm. You really don't. And it doesn't matter what somebody thinks about you, whether it's true or not. If it doesn't really change your life in any way, one way or the other, then why even respond at all? Yeah, mm -hmm. That's another saying in AA too. It's like, uh, what other people think of me is none of my business. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's none of my fucking business. Wayne Dyer says that control. too. Yeah. And, and just the, the, you know, how he's, he says, if somebody brings up something that, uh, is triggering or, you know, that it's like completely the opposite of the, what you believe. And it's, you know, just like, Hey, you know, thanks, thanks for bringing that to my attention. It's something I'll, right. I'll consider or look into, and then you can be done with it. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then, well, that's part of having yeah. a good conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you feel that way. It's not what I believe, but mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Maybe yeah. you can change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But that breath is critical because yes. that's yes. breath is what gives you the space right between feeling that you are this emotion that's been triggered that mm -hmm. that is right. defining you yep. and you're not the person who's observing yourself having the emotion yeah right it's like oh this upset you yep. like okay well thanks body and mind for pointing it out that this is something i might need to work on yeah. this is a trigger but you're just like so lost in the moment you're like the central character in this narcissistic like you know egocentric yeah. world and you're just like this is angering me i'm triggered mm -hmm. and, and it's external to me that's the problem Right. It's like, I need to get, a, get this irritating environment, whatever it might be like away from me because then I'll be fine. Cause I'm fine. I'm not the problem. Yeah. Well, I think what people forget obviously these days and get so hung up on is, uh, feeling like, you know, controlling all your emotions and everything. And, and the thing is, is, you know, your main emotions, especially when it comes to being offended by something stems from your own core values and your own core beliefs. I mean, that's where that comes from. And so a lot of times, no, you cannot control whether or not you're going to be pissed off about something that someone says. You just can't. If you feel that way, then that's how you feel. And that's because, you know, your, your brain has said, well, blah, blah, blah. And so you get that adrenaline rush and that immediate, you know, reaction of, uh, you know, that stems from, uh, what is that? Um, you know, anxiety, mm -hmm. right? So that you can't control, but what you can control is taking that small breath and learning to just not react right. and let it flow, be in it, feel it for a second. Like that's perfectly fine, but it's how you control yourself. 
and say, okay, I'm not going to react to this. I'm not going to get pissed off and start yelling at somebody. You know, I'm going to take a second and then we're going to discuss this if it even matters to you. Otherwise you can just feel what you feel for a second, take a breath and be like, well, sorry you feel that way. And then mm-hmm. fucking walk off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But everybody lives in this fucking zone these days where they have to be right. And they have to respond to everything just because they don't agree with it. Why? It's such a waste of your fucking time. Yeah. Well, another thing I took from, uh, the book is that letting part X kind of run your life is a way of seeing the world in a, as a very bad place. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, um, uh, and it's all about vibration and we talk about that and, and it's just when you, when you can identify part X shadow and something that I'm working on and just focusing on raising my life force, raising my vibration, then you start to see the world differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You really do. Well, you're making an argument that you would be grateful for part X because part X is actually the negative representative telling you the direction you need to go. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what like it talks the, about. It's, like, it's also yeah. like the mainstream media that like you just believe the opposite of what they report and you're, right. you're going to know the truth. Right. right. Part X is not a bad thing. No, it, it really isn't, but it's all in how you interpret it and it's how you use it yeah. to better yourself. Right? Yeah. Part X is always like, Oh, you know what? You just get to the gym right before the uh, session starts. You don't need to take that five minute cold shower. You did one you know, a couple right. of days ago. You don't need to do it all the time. Yeah. So I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> you just telling me, you're telling me I have to take the cold shower now because you just told me I shouldn't do it. Well, yeah. if you want to really get out there too, it's just like, why are we here? Are we here to just be comfortable and, uh, you know, just have everything go our way? No. Uh, or are we here to challenge ourselves, to grow, to, you know, have our soul develop? And, and that's the way of, of, of if you can um, identify it and see, oh, yeah, this thing is a counterforce to me showing growth and potential. And so... I can, I can build off of that. I can, I can counteract it. I can do the hard work, do whatever it is to, to, to grow in these areas. Yeah. If you're not constantly trying to grow and learn and do things for yourself and make yourself better, you're already dead inside. Just mm-hmm. nobody's told you. Yep. Right. It's more of a, a fear of living than a fear of dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You just don't want to like live. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's fairly profound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, there's some there's something that slipped my mind again that you guys are reminding me of. Um, I don't know. It'll come back. Something to do with Andy Frisella? No, it's not nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I need to listen like to that guy more. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of profanity. He likes his profanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, bettering yourself. Shadow work. Yeah, it's all right. It'll, I'm sure it'll come back to me. <laughs> Just a senior moment here. I'm the only one getting the AARP magazine in this group, so. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm only about uh, maybe a quarter of the way through the book, so I'm excited because the next steps are tools that you can use because there's uh, apparently there's four uh, different areas where people really are are challenged right by part x and i i can't even though i read them this morning i can't 
thoughts. So the one that I remember from the book, The Tools, he's talking about having the shadow right there with you when you're going to actually present to like another group. Mm. So I didn't even say is that's that the, a, sorry, is that the book you guys are talking about? The tools? There's two of them. They wrote yeah. two. He's on the second book already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, remind me the name of that one. I have it. Coming Alive. Coming Alive. Yeah. Coming Alive and the tools. Yeah. So you can actually, if you go on, on YouTube, uh, there's a, uh, a pretty good uh, interview with with stats on the tools Mm -hmm. and uh you know he kind of goes through them and 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 talks about i mean one of the most profound things i think i took from that interview and maybe it's in the book too is is just that uh there's always going to be challenge in life always so it's kind of like you know andy says pick your hard you know are you gonna you gonna is it is it too hard to uh to work out uh, or is it going to be hard when you can't get up? Did I, sh- I show you that diagram, yeah. right? That cartoon of like suffer or suffer. Like mm-hmm. half of them is like the yeah, yeah. obese guy. Half yeah. of them is like the buff guy. It's yeah. like either way you're suffering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, JJ. I derailed you earlier. What were you, what were you saying? No, you so remember? what to answer your question, like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Why are we alive? And we mm-hmm. kind of agree that in part of the reason I think we're f- been friends is one of our values is personal growth. Right. So we yeah. want we're interested all in like some type of self-improvement. But what I think has been an implied objective of why we're here and now it's kind of coming overt is immortality. Mm. I think people are here to become immortal, to like live forever, forever. Now, in the past, how they do that? Well, they made a name for themselves. They became a historic figure. Right. So that when all the government school kids open their books, they're going to see like a date, dates and and names and pictures of Theodore Roosevelt or whoever it might be. That's a historic figure. So I think it's been implied, like you want to get your names in the history books, right? But I, th- I think some of the greatest ones were guys who didn't give a shit about being in the history books. Right. They did it because they just did it. Or they just write you out of history because that you don't go along with their narrative. Oh yeah. There's right. no Wilhelm Reich right. or anything yeah. like that in the history books. So you realize, so you realize eventually if you get to a mature enough point that immortality is not the objective, mm-hmm. but I think it's been implied for such a long time, right? You want to make a name for yourself. Oh, this little baby can be president. Like, why do you give a shit? Why would you put that up? upon like a little baby why would you want that something so bad for them right i know you, yeah. this my little baby's gonna be another devil mm-hmm. like yeah, why would you do that to the kid right so it's like but you i think because we all are have been told or indoctrinated to believe that immortality is the way but now it's come to the forefront with transhumanism like now we'll be immortal once we blend ourselves and mix ourselves with the silicon world yeah right so that we're now part ai we have the brain chip or whatever that now we don't forget about cryogenics and you know freezing your head or whatever you can just put your brain mold it with a cyborg and now you'll be immortal and you'll live forever. So, or, you could, or you could just take a vaccine and you'll live forever. Oh, yeah. That's going to do it right there. In the statistics <laughs> books. We well, didn't specify the type of vaccine. <laughs> Are you going to try to figure out how many times you can say a vaccine? I, I, actually, I was thinking about it, yeah. What exactly do we have to say to get another episode I thought, pulled? I thought that I was trying to be careful and use always use the term experimental injections. Mm. I thought I was doing that a pretty good job, but apparently not. <laughs> people like to say jabs. Yeah, the jab. The, the people that my wife listens to, they're just like talking in code, like C V and F L U. Like they're spelling out. It's hmm. the I, shots. I'd rather just say it. Yeah. Well, but I I think that it's 
another level of maturity, right? And to answer your question, Dave, the reason why people are having all these arguments and being so childish is because maturity is not valued in our culture. No, it's not. It's like, it definitely is not. We, we spend so much time and energy trying to stay children forever. Right. Whereas, you know, I mean, back in the old days and we're talking like, you know, what the 1600s, if not earlier, I mean, for up until, up until like the 1900s somewhere, 12 was an adult. And mostly because a lot of us only lived till our thirties if we were lucky, but still, you know, and pre-child labor laws. Yeah. And pre-child labor laws. But, and I understand the whole thing of, you know, childhood is a gift and, you know, enjoy every second of it while you got it. And that's very true. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to start learning how to be an adult and how to care for yourself before you try to care for others. And nobody fucking teaches that anymore. Well, there's no incentive to be an adult. What's the incentive to be mature? Because then you're going to take responsibility because no one wants responsibility. To pay taxes right. and go to work. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it, it, it doesn't compute kind of a thing, right? They, and we, we all want, the government wants us all to be children mm-hmm. under their parenthood, mm-hmm. right? A parenthood where they're never wrong. Right. So, it's, so what kind of children are we going to be? But we turned adulthood into something that it that, that doesn't compute it does it's not yeah. something that um it just makes any sense it's and and we the only way we know how to refer back to is where we were comfortable and typically that's childhood right and yeah the only good thing about being a, an adult is you get to drink smoke go wherever you want do whatever you want as long as the government says it's okay mm-hmm. and fuck sleep and eat yeah and a lot of those things aren't very good for you <laughs> yeah <right>? and <laughs> well sleeping and eating he did yeah. as kids yeah right? exactly yeah yeah, but you can, you can sleep stress. whenever you want. You can eat whatever you want. So it's going back to childhood, it, you know, it's interesting because what do you think about the fact that when, you know, you have a baby, right, there's certain milestones, right? So mm-hmm. it's so many months, they're rolling over onto their stomach. And so then they're sitting up and, or holding their head up. Then they're walking with assistance and they're walking then they're driving, whatever, right? What about milestones for adults? Like now you reach your chronological age. Are there yeah. no, are there no milestones for adults? Like... 21, 25, you can rent a car, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, but I mean, 65, you can start collecting social security. I think that's it. But at 65, at some point you'll get those AARP letters yeah. and uh, you can hit the seniors menu at the restaurant. But, but that, but that's only, that's not showing like psychological or spiritual like maturity, right? right. You can be a 65 year old and still be. You know, as caught in the matrix, or still be as childish. Well, that's how they well, talk. I plan on being right? childish at sixty-five. There's no question. About well, that's that. what they talk about in the in the book too. It's 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 um, people in their sixties and seventies still blaming their parents for their situation in life, and it's just yeah. like it's like, dude, uh, you've been on Earth seventy years. You've had more than enough time to figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. Stop and to just let else. it go, you know, yeah. and and try to figure out. You know, everybody's different, right? And you, it's and, and that's another thing that that uh, I'm working on for myself is just the whole thing about judgment and 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 just but but there's there's just you you have empathy and you just like um, you know you're getting close to the end, right? I mean, uh, it's it's uh, maybe time to to look at another perspective and and see if there's some way that you can give yourself some relief. Do you yeah. think it's harder to, to give yourself some relief and look at another perspective as time goes on? So like the older person is more entrenched in their ways and have like a less capacity to change. I think, I think it mm-hmm. depends on the person for sure. And it depends on 
your core values, your core beliefs, how you were raised and whether or not you are capable of looking within for answers instead of blaming everybody else for your shit. As I've learned, right, since I have begun to change my mindset and have gotten older and learned things and, you know, and met guys like you and as long as I've been in counseling and everything else, like as I age, it becomes easier for me to step outside of my ways. Whereas that old saying, if you can't teach an old dog, new tricks, mm -hmm. like it depends on the person. I, I learn new tricks every day mm -hmm. and I feel like if I'm not, then I'm doing something wrong. And I with, think with age comes wisdom. I think. Well, and I, and I, I just think that our society, we, we, we don't support, we don't, um, include our elders as much in, mm. you know, it's, it's, uh, they're kind of outcast really. Right. And, and, right. and kind of on their own and, and we put them in homes and, and, and things like that where, uh, whatever during your lifetime, it, it just, that, that seems to be the, the most suitable route, right? You know, it's, it's, I'm not saying that that's, you know, judging or saying that's a bad thing for, for people, but that's, uh, something that wasn't what we used to do. Right. Well, that's also a cultural thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, depending on the culture in Eastern cultures, like the grandma and grandpa are living with you yeah, right. all the way to you the You used end. to be isn't an it, elder. Isn't it like right? Japan where they have that law that like they don't even have old folks homes. If they can't care for themselves, then you're they have to live with you and you got to take care of them until they you're die. You're probably right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's either Japan or China. One or the other has that, but that's one of the only good things if it is China that I appreciate. There was, <laughs> there was this in, uh, book I read a long time ago. I think it was called the element and, uh, it was discussing this place in Nebraska that had the idea to co-mingle, if you will, a retirement home and a nursery school. Mm. And so you'd have like these retired people that would get the exposure to like these yeah. little kids and like read them stories and mm -hmm. the little kids would get exposure to like, you know, grandparent like figures. And then they also would learn the facts of life at an early age, you know, like grandpa Joe isn't here today cause he's not feeling well or he passed away. Yeah. And yeah. so they can learn about it. And so, and that just seemed to be so fulfilling for both ages of the end, you know, both ends of the age spectrum. Well, that right? was a traditional yeah family right when the able-bodied adults the the parents they they would be the you know bringing an income or whatever it was to support the family whereas hunting gathering yeah while the elders were more of making sure that you know the kids were taken care of or whatever right yeah, yeah the elders were teaching the valuable lessons mm -hmm. most of the time mm -hmm. and taking care of the children while the able-bodied went out and did what needed to be done right I just think we're just part of the shadow or part X is recognizing our selfishness, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just putting it out there and be like, look, we're selfish and we can rationalize all we want, like being selfish. But the truth is we're selfish, mm -hmm. right? That the amount of time and energy and frustration that I'd have to invest in taking care of my elderly loved one, mm -hmm. right, is rationalized by the fact that, oh, she's in better hands with like a professional, right? These people are professional. They have a home. They got it all set up. Right? Well, and you've got these other responsibilities, right? I've got to make sure that I've got a pot of nest egg or whatever it is to, to support myself when I'm get to that age. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I don't, I don't want to impose that on my, um, children or whatever. And then at the same time, you know, we've got 
daughters. It's like getting them through college, getting them, you know, if they get married, whatever it is, making sure they've got a good start. Um, it's just a lot of, a lot of things to, to try to manage and, and, um, well, it's a lot of youth worship, right? So now we prioritize the young over the old. Like, why? Because you're a potential taxpayer mm-hmm. and you're a former yeah. taxpayer, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You're now like a Kissinger useless eater over here mm-hmm. in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, dude. Everything is all about save the children, save the children. You want to talk about heartbreaking, right? Um, so for Thanksgiving, my mother-in-law's in this assisted living facility. And, you know, we're not a big family. It's basically just... You know, the three of us, my wife, our daughter and me, and then my mother-in-law. And so we went there for Thanksgiving. We we went to the nursing home. We had Thanksgiving there. It was very nice. They did a good job. And as tradition would have it, you know, go around and like say something that you're like thankful for. Well, when it got to my mother-in-law, she's like, oh, I'm thankful for my family. And it was just heartbreaking because it's like your family, our family, we, we put you here mm-hmm. and you're not around family like all the time, right? You're around strangers and you don't even want to interact with those people. So you're just interacting with staff. Yeah. So it was just like heartbreaking for me to hear that. But I don't know. I mean, we're just, we don't just don't have, I mean, the capability to simultaneously you know, prep for the end of the world and like support someone who's now incontinent. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation. It just, I don't know if there's a good solution, but uh, but I will acknowledge that part X of me is like selfish. So my, my selfishness is to take care of my wife Mm -hmm. and I know how much it would tax her and just take all of her energy and life force to take care of her mom. Right. And she would have nothing left for husband or daughter Mm -hmm. or anything else. So it's like for my selfishness is like, I need to do what I can to protect my wife. And I'm going to support this, you know, assisted living professional level of care, which she's got the insurance to cover. Right. Right. She's been doing the long-term care insurance. She paid into it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how else are you going to get that money if it's there? Right. Well, and that's the other side of that coin too, not only from a financial and time commitment, but then there's also the traumas or whatever that are from the past that it just makes it so much more challenging and, and to be able to, uh, care for this person or whatever, just given the, the past, given what's ha- you know, whatever yeah. conflicts or whatever occurred in the past. I mean, I hope and pray that a lot of those have been processed. Mm-hmm. I think they have, but some of them are pretty more profound than, you know, I can even relate to, you know, just being the son-in-law. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How do we get on this subject? This is kind of, well, well my parents aren't there yet, depre- so I don't have a leg to stand on. Depressing myself. <laughs> well, and I think it just all, it can tie back to the fact that we, you know, we talked about personal development. We talked yeah. about, uh, just, uh, making sure that we're, putting ourselves in the best position to where we're as healthy as we can be for as long as we can be. We're as sharp or as, um, you know, uh, there's that whole thing about trying to achieve retirement and being able to, uh, play golf or travel or whatever it is. And that's great. Uh, it's, it would, it would be, I think keeping that constant growth mindset and, and, um, figuring out a path where you can continue that and be in that capacity to be able to do that. Because I think that's going to increase your longevity and in, in your health and, and all those things rather than just kind of fading away. I don't know. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I mean, 
it's challenges. I mean, just challenges. Overcoming life's challenges is, I think, what gives it so much of it fulfillment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that is what's fulfilling is accomplishing goals. If you don't have any goals to look forward to and you don't have anything to, you know, swat at and challenge yourself and accomplish, then the fuck is the point? Mm-hmm. Again, get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Do stuff that maybe you normally wouldn't do because you're scared of it. Like go bungee jumping, go skydiving, go go to some place that, you know, where there's tons of people and you don't necessarily like people. Mm-hmm. You know? Go up to the hot girl at the bar and go talk to her for no fucking reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you want to start a workout program, put your shoes on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that will, and, and even baby steps, just put yeah. those shoes on and go for a walk around your neighborhood yeah. a few times. That's James. You know? That's James clear atomic yeah. habits. Right. So yeah. he talks about in the book that if you want to run a marathon, you've been sitting on the couch eating Cheetos for like months. The first week, all you do is put on your shoes. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's how yeah. baby step it is. Yeah. You don't yep. even, you don't even run. Yeah. You just put on your shoes. Yeah. Right. But we're, we're so time constricted. Think about the stuff we watch. Right. Yeah. It's like in the first five minutes, like if this, show isn't going like it's not action-packed enough for me if it's not going the right direction like i'm finding another show yep there's millions of shows out there i'll find something else right so we yep. want it quick we want it like the lottery mm-hmm. like all, we want the shortcuts that's something that i have done in the last well in the, yeah in the last month but maybe a little bit longer is not turning on my tv oh yeah not not very often anyway i'm sure you're subjectively more happy yeah. You know how much time I have found like every day now that I don't do that? Oh, oh yeah. Tons. I mean, if, you know, if I'm already tired or whatever, I know like I'm not doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll turn it on. I'll watch a couple of shows before bed, but otherwise not turning on that TV gives me so much time to sit down, play my guitar or read a book mm-hmm. or I mean, fuck, I'm never home anymore anyways. So uh-huh. if I'm not watching TV and doing those things or cleaning, you know, like meal prepping, stuff like that, then I'm usually either out on my bike or I'm out around doing something. Yep. What's so funny is that, you know, you have YouTube up there. Like YouTube, you can get a subscription where you pay additional, much like Pandora or Spotify, to not get ads. Whereas the truth is about TV, it's really just one constant ad. Yeah. Like everything, it it may not look like an infomercial, but let me tell you, whatever these things are called, quote, news, they're bookended by nothing but commercials. And then, you know, you could take someone from Mars and they sit him down in front of an ABC newscast for half an hour and be like, what did I just watch? Did I just watch a pharmaceutical commercial? Did I (laughs) intersperse with like little bits of factoids? Or did I watch, quote, news, you know, sponsored by the pharmaceutical company running companies it's like you can't tell the difference yeah. if you if you call if you put it on the clock there's probably equal amount of time mm-hmm. yeah that's why i don't have cable or satellite because i thought about it and i'm like i'm paying right to have all these channels but what am i paying for i'm literally paying to watch fucking ads which right. drive me nuts anyway right so i if when i watch tv it's usually like freebie pluto or tubi because that still has ads, but at least I'm not fucking paying for them. Right. If you're gonna, yeah. <laughs> and so the, the next question would be like, when they find out which one of these ads you click on, which one of these products you buy, because they know like your cable account is attached to your credit card name. Mm-hmm. Now they got more info on you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. One of the things my wife is 
upset about and I didn't see it at the time because this took place years ago and that is probably on me our intellectual curiosity got the best of us and we like many others participated in voluntarily right ancestry.com mm. mm. <laughs> sucker <laughs> so now of course she's upset because that's all government information. Yeah. And so they know the details of our genetics. They got you. And if they wanted to craft a certain type of bio warfare agent, you know, that just took out certain mm. people of a genetic profile, it's I guess they have that information to do that. So that is interesting. Yeah. wonder how much of all that info on everybody in the world that Wuhan got. I don't think we found out anything interesting from it either. You know, and like maybe like my wife's got like a point zero four percent of like Ashkenazi Jew or something mm -hmm. weird like that. That's the only yeah. thing that we found out that was of any remote interest that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Everything else, I think we pretty much already knew. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I can't remember if I did it or I may have done it at some point. I think my mom did it too, though. But I am pretty much all European mutt. Like there is nothing special about me. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're all mutts. But uh, I wonder if Ancestry has as much information as like Twenty Three and Me. We never did Twenty Three and Me. Twenty Three and Me sounded like a little bit more detailed. Mm -hmm. Like you might be able to make a better bioweapon if you <laughs> went to Twenty Three and Me instead mm -hmm. of Ancestry. Ancestry seemed a little more vague and generalized. Anyways, can't do anything about the past now. Right. No. It's done. It's done. Yeah. It's in a database somewhere in New Mexico. Right. Just let it be a uh, learning experience for the future, I guess. <laughs> don't give in. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't give any more information than you need to. Well, right? it's that curiosity, right? Um, and I, I want to say, uh, because I had um, a couple of stepsisters that um, I found out about probably... I'd always kind of known about them, but I'd never been introduced to them. And then, um, in the last like five years, I got introduced to one and then, and then, you know, shortly after that, a couple other, uh, an another one and they, they had different fathers. So we all had the same mother, but we all had different fathers. And, uh, the, the third one, she didn't know that the, the other two of us even existed. So I knew that the other two existed. And then, um, the, uh, the second, um, my sister Lomi, she knew that the two of us existed, but the the third one, she didn't know that the other two of us existed. So anyway, I guess she went on like a twenty three and Me, and found out that she was related to some people in Italy, right, or Italian heritage back there. And so uh, she had been doing some investigating, calling around, and found family back there who had put her in touch with another family member <clears throat> here in the states who knew my uncle who then um she was able to get in contact with and then that kind of started that whole that whole setup so i think there's just uh i mean right there is a a huge benefit i think of of, of that i like you said i, I we already kind of know i already kind of know my my heritage so i don't think i would ever do one of those things but um well, there's the benefit one of, story i don't think you've taken the benefit far enough because you met with these half siblings I, I actually just talked to them on the phone i haven't met with them one of them lives in tennessee the other one lives in la because it'd be fa it'd be fascinating because when you're speaking jameson i'm thinking like this your half siblings mm -hmm. is maybe the closest opportunity for you to be able to become acquainted with your mom 
Because if you see like your mom or see characteristics that are common. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like be weird, like talking to them and be like, be in a way like you, because you never knew your mom, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I got to see her um, before she passed away for about a year. Um, but it was just on two visits really. So, um, and that was a long time ago. That was 25 years ago. So, um, I mean, that's just, that's if you believe you can mm-hmm. meet someone that's no longer in existence right. through, through like their, um, progeny, yeah. if you will. You know, I, I sometimes think, cause I know my mother-in-law, but my father-in-law passed away, you know, before I met my wife. Mm. And so sometimes when I see the difference between, how her mom is and how she is. Like, I think like that's me getting to know her dad a little bit. Yeah. Like that's, I just yeah. imagine it. Like that's, these are characteristics that she must've gotten from her father. Mm. Right. So I was just wondering that that would be a cool experience to be with them. And, or maybe you can hear it just in their voice, but of course you know how different it is than mm-hmm. being in person. Well, and that's something for me that it, it brings up another area of, that I I'd like to experience some growth in just, I, I feel like, cause I have two other brothers and two other sisters from my stepmom, Right. And I'm the oldest all the way down to, uh, my youngest brother is like 11 years younger than me. And, uh, you know, we all have married now have families and everything. And I find it difficult to carve out time to call them or spend time with them and it's been going that way for a long time, you know, since I left home and, uh, just another two sisters, it's that saying is it an opportunity or is it an obligation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so having you said that it, it, it just reminded me that that really is an opportunity for me. It's funny that you talk about carving out time for family. Cause I've been, I've been meaning to call my sister for weeks mm-hmm. and, she's uh like two hours ahead of me and so and I, I keep forgetting that and so by the time i'm like oh yeah i need to call her like it's already way too late yeah so i need to be more mindful of that and try to actually do it but carving out time like i mean how much time do you really need you know even if it's five ten minutes mm-hmm. just to call somebody and say hey i was thinking about you just yeah. wanted to say hello and talk like i mean five ten minutes you know it's less than a workout yep well, now you can yeah. just send a text and be like, Hey, I was thinking about, you. a good time for you to have a, have a call or yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you can take five minutes to determine whether or not this might be an hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even if all you have is 20 minutes, you know, just tell them as soon as you get on the phone, like, Hey, I only got like 20 minutes, but I just wanted to say hello. Miss you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to nurturing a habit, right. To nurturing a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I don't know, sometimes I consider friends. I'm, I'm horrible with like long distance relationships. It's ex- I never call anybody. <laughs> well, you, you hope that that type of relationship is like the cactus, right? That you only need to water it like yeah. very few times a year. Yeah. I have right? a lot of those. Whereas there's some friendships that are like orchids where it's like, you got to tend to it like very frequently. Otherwise right. that thing's going to freaking die. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I kind of look at it. It depends on the, the friend. Yeah, it it does depend on the friend. My my friend Barry, I talk to him maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. You know, we text every once in a while, but he's he's one of those dudes where I haven't talked to him in nine months, and then for whatever reason, one of us will call the other. Yeah, and we'll talk for twenty thirty minutes, and it was like we just talked yesterday. Yeah, 
and then we hang up and we don't talk to each other for again for months. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's how it always goes. That's yeah. how I think of like a cactus friendship, right? Yeah. You don't really need like a lot of maintenance. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what that is. So it might be something where the people that were reluctant to call or connect with, it might be like, uh, this is like redoing the whole, this is like repotting the plant. This is like starting all over again. It's like, is it really going to be worth all the effort? Cause I know it's, I'm not probably not going to get away with a 10 minute conversation if mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to them in so long, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to need more attention and more nourishing. And then you're silently evaluating from your point of view, your selfish point of view. It's like, well, what am I ultimately going to get out of this? Right? Well, if you think of it that way, then it's like, okay, maybe you're taking the wrong approach and maybe that's never going to overcome your resistance to making that phone call. I I think I I try to look at it as, and I'm not saying that I'm any good at it, but who cares about the time? It's like this podcast. I mean, half the time we come in here and we sit down and we're like, okay, yeah, we got about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. It's three hours later. Yeah. Two, three hours later. Oh shit. You know, well, the golf course is calling our name today. I know. Right. (laughs) But I mean, okay. So you a lot, 15, 20 minutes for a phone call. Well, if it goes over, it goes over. Why stop if you're having a good time yeah. and catching up? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, unless you're going to be late for something, who gives a shit? Right. You know? Yeah. The truth, the truth is, is I think, I think catching up with people who, especially that you care about is always good for the soul. So don't put too much emphasis on an emphasis on a timer and just do it. Don't worry about, you know, well, I haven't talked to them in so long. They're, you know, maybe they're going to be mad at me because I haven't talked to him for who cares. Yeah. Just yeah. call them and talk to them. At least you're doing something. You're trying. Right. You know, that's part X. Yeah. Part X saying that they're going to hang up on you or they're going to be mad at you yeah. or whatever. It's or like call them tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like I said, I haven't talked to my sister in forever and I keep forgetting to fucking call her, but I know once I finally do and I talk to her, I mean, she is basically a female version of me. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably end up on the phone for an hour or two and be like, Oh shit, that's late. We gotta go. Okay. Right. But it's the same thing with my friend Barry. Like I could call her tomorrow mm-hmm. and it'll be like, we just talked yesterday. And I know that even though I do have that thing that's like, man, I haven't talked to her forever. I don't know how this is going to be. I don't give a shit. Well, it's, my sister. it's simultaneously is giving you two different directions, right? It's like, yeah, I know. Right, but that. which one are you going to listen to? Well, you know, that's the important part. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if part X is telling you like, you know what? You'll be fine if you call her in two weeks from now, because like you said, you guys doesn't take long. You catch up and it's like no time has passed between your conversations. Well, if that's part X, if you, if you're acknowledging that's part X telling me that then, and we've, we've kind of agreed that like doing the opposite of what part X tells you, that means like, right. But you pick up the phone as soon as you can. Exactly. But you're using part X as an informational tool Mm -hmm. instead of a, it allowing to control you. That's the important part. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I mean, up until this point, it sounds like in this particular subject, part X is winning. And I have the same people on my mind too. I mean, I have similar people that are relatives on my mind that I've been thinking for over a week. I need to call. Yeah. Right. And I haven't. So, and because part X is saying like, you can call them later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm not disobeying part X. It's like how it's like there maybe is a certain limit, like your gas tank of like willpower, mm-hmm. like how much you can use on certain things. Right. Mm-hmm. So now for whatever, what's been brought to the forefront is on the front burner is this 40 hard challenge, which is mostly, you know, physical challenge. Right. And 
diet and exercise can be summarized. So that is like where I'm going to spend my gas, where I'm going to spend my willpower. So that's going to spend. So when it comes to other things that are coming in from the side, it's like, you know what? I'll, I'll deal with it later because like this isn't involved in my front focus right now. Like, so I need to use what willpower I have to, to get this objective done. Mm -hmm. And once it's accomplished, whereas that's a false way of thinking too, right? You should kind of live every day as if it's like your last on earth yep. to mm, be fulfilled. Yes. So like if you're going to do that, then it's like use, do not go to sleep with like any willpower left in your tank. Right. And so if it's a matter of like people that you need to call and people that you need to have a conversation with that it's been bugging you, it's like I should do it as soon as I can. Right. So I don't want part X like to be like hovering over my deathbed and going like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. won. Well, and this, does this 40 hard uh, program make it an excuse to where everything else can, can be put off? And, and, and I mean, it's a question, right? Because, uh, it's a challenge and it's going to be over in 40 days. And then what? Exactly. Then, then I'm going to yo-yo back to where I was. Are we, right? are you, I, I don't mean, know. I would like to think not. But, is, know, or is I, this going to be a way that we we live going forward and, and not be too hard on ourselves if we slip and slip yeah. or whatever? But it, it's just having that um, that we, yeah we will have at that point put a nice rhythm in place and building blocks and and hopefully can start to see the slight edge and everything of our uh, uh, you, you know of our commitments for the last forty days. But yeah. It's well, 40 hard is one of the reasons it's a great program is it gives you this menu of different things you can do on any given day as your fifth task. Right. Yep. So it doesn't have to be a, a progress picture selfie with your shirt off. Like it's 75 hard. You can do like a random act of kindness. Mm -hmm. So if you want to rationalize, you know, calling your semi demented, you know, housebound uncle. And having a long conversation with a random act of kindness, then it's part of 40 hard, right? Right. It's not, it's not separate from it. Um, so I don't know. There's still, there's still something there that I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's still part X. He's, he gets little victories here and there. It's not like a, you know, it's not like I win or part X wins. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, there's, I sometimes win and he sometimes wins. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's always room for improvement, right? Yeah, always. So we talked about a little bit about diet before and like, you know, maybe you have bread or whatever you're, you're, you're saying. Well, one of my edges is I, it's keeping a dietary journal. I hate it. I've done it. I can have a hard time doing it. But that is part X telling me this is probably what I should try and do more. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, how can you improve on that? OK, well, I just write down a piece of chicken or something that I ate like, well, what, you know, Part of the chicken was it? Did it have bone in, skin on? If you really want to look it up in the book, how many grams of protein it was and carbs and fat and all that stuff, there's always another level I can take it. But for right now, it's just like writing it down in general is hard for me. So I know that that's where I, that's where I should go, right? Part X is telling me not to do it. So it's like, okay, go in it's that direction. It's too hard. It's, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. too much of a hassle. I don't want to be tied to this stuff. And it's just like, well, it's what... What are your goals? Has, has that worked for you in the past? Yeah, probably, probably not. So it's probably time to make a change and, we, and make a choice. Right. We, we, that's the other thing about part X and just part of life is that we always have a choice and what, what are we going to choose? Yeah. Having a goal is the most important thing. 
is even if you work towards it very quickly or at a snail's pace, as long as you're comfortable with the progress that you're making, yep. that's what's important. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, as the saying goes, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, right. Because once you reach yep. your goal, you're going to be like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Like I got to look for another goal. Right. And that's what I love about those classes. You know, those that just having that camaraderie and just uh, similar goals and, and just being just a part of something is, is pretty cool. Yes. Cause that's something that I, I never do. Like when I go to the gym, it's all just an isolated event, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm probably one of the few people, if not the only one that's not wearing headphones, right? Everyone's got like their earbuds in and they isolate themselves even more, but I don't do that when I'm working out. Um, so to be in a group class and to have other people in this whole experience is, is nice because you're making human connections, right? And to support each other with a common objective, right? Yeah. And that's back to the conversations we've had in the past. It's like, it's a combination of collaboration and competition, mm -hmm. right? You're kind of like competing to like build each other up, right. but you're also like collaborating, like encouraging each other on the same path towards, you know, better physical health, yeah. healthy competition and support. Yeah, exactly. Not like the cutthroat type of competition mm -hmm. right. and stuff. Yeah. Right. It's exactly what a lot of men, if not most of them these days lack mm. yeah. healthy competition and support. I got it. Use the laboratory, pardon me. Well, I mean, we're about an hour right now. We can wrap this up oh. and start heading to the golf course if you guys want. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Uh, hope you had a good time with it. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.